This is the Nerick Prince, and you're listening to Watch the Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the Epic Roster Watch Podcast, brought to you by RosterWatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap, here of course with the Trash Man. Today we're going to be discussing Trash Man's topic he chose, the trashy topic, undrafted free agents with the most fantasy appeal. Um, there are a couple that I've looked at that I think we're probably worth talking about. First, just want to remind everybody to go to RosterWatch.com. We have all of our tools up. Right now, and more tools coming through the summer. They're going to help you with your redraft leagues, your dynasty leagues, your best ball contests, uh, your dynasty startups, whatever it is that you're doing. You can get help with a pro membership over at rosterwatch.com. You can go join our winning, uh, <laughs> go join our winning, our winning community there. Trash man, did you just have to give a dog a little slap under the, underneath the table or something? It was a, it was a, it was a push. It was a nudge. My bigger dog is trying to get under here, and he's there's no way he's going to. you you didn't look pleased about the development um yeah all right so you you can can, he never uh, wants he he just he stood on the couch and do his own thing but you know as soon as i come in here to do something he's like all over me well wait wait till you have kids speaking of kids my kids keep wanting to come on the podcast because they're home now for the summertime and i said there's no fuck no, for one, I'm not a trash man that brings that brings my personal life into these shows. Secondly, there's no way I'm putting my kids' faces on YouTube. Are you kidding me? Like with all the creeps out there, man, I want people knowing what my kids look like. I t- I told them that I could uh, maybe we could like do a separate recording that I could just tag on to the end of the show. So if you're listening, maybe if you listen through the end and after the theme music and stuff to end the show, maybe I'll put on some kind of. Uh, <laughs> I'm not exactly sure what the topic will be with the, with the kids, but we could have something here with with that. Um, before we get into undrafted free agent Best stuff, trash me, yeah, ju- just a couple of things. Um, first off, you know, I always like I always like going to sports injury uh, sports injury central sixscore.com just kind of see what Dr. David Chow is talking about with some of these injuries. I, this one I just thought was hilarious and just out of because for how out of the blue it was, will. This this morning, front page of sixscore.com. Will Justin will neck concerns keep Justin Ross out of the NFL? <laughs> Listen to what he says. Um he says that okay, so Kansas City Chiefs wide out Justin Ross lit up social media this week with a deep catch on a delivery from Patrick Mahomes at OTAs. Unfortunately for Ross, it's unlikely he'll be medically cleared to catch passes from Mahomes during the regular season, according to Pro Football Docs. What da- what Dr. David Chow was saying is that he has a multi-level spine fusion in college to address a congenital neck issue. He, of course, he went undrafted in 2022 because of that neck issue after being a, just a dynamic rookie at Clem- or di- a, a dynamic freshman at, Cle- at Clemson, right? Never got back to that form. What Dr. David Chow was saying that he's never going to get cleared. Period. He's 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 not going to play. 
He's not going to play. He says that in his career as a team physician, he'd return multiple players after single-level spine fusions. However, never cleared a player who had a multi-level spine fusion because of the risk of paralysis. And he just says no, no, no doctor's going to do it. Justin Roth is not going to get cleared to play. He's he is um, he he doesn't have an NFL career ahead of him. Your thoughts? I mean, that's unfortunate if that's the case. But I mean, David Chow. I, I love him. He's not always right. He's not always right, and he tends to be. He tends to err on the side of conservative, Very conservative. when it comes to these things. Yeah. So I have to take that with a grain of salt. I mean, I guess if you're looking for a silver lining for fantasy, I'm, and none involves Justin Ross really, but um, it just you know puts more money in the bank for Kadarius Tony mm-hmm. to lead that to lead that receiving core. I mean, I, I was doing just so I've just started running simulations just this week as regular ADPs, like normal people ADPs are starting to come out at some of these sites. Um, we don't have any yet from you know Yahoo or ESPN or CBS Sports, but we do actually have their pre-draft rankings starting to get pulled into the simulations, which create the queue inside the draft rooms, right? So it, it, that's an important piece. It's it, it's easy to get a good bit of Kadarius Tony in those things compared to underdog, dude. I can't tell you enough, trash man, about how different the redraft cheat sheet looks in this underdog cheat sheet. People are crazy about wide receivers on underdog, man. It's it's insane how high you have to move up these running backs in a traditional just PPR league as far as the ADPs to be able to get these guys. You can't just depend on getting your you know, we've talked about that area with like waiting on getting your Najee Harris's or your Jameer Gibbs or your Aaron Jones or maybe Joe Mixon who keeps slipping, Miles Sanders, J.K. Dobbins, Damian Pierce, all these dudes, even down to the Rashad Whites and the David Montgomery's and now the Javante Williams and James Connors, Isaiah Pacheco's. These are the kind of guys you can get seventh, you know, the end of that list, seventh, eighth round in underdog. They're off the board by the fifth round in, in regular redraft leagues. People are still, you know, regular people who aren't super fantasy, um, you know, hipsters and aficionados. They don't. They're not buying this whole thing about taking four wide receivers. Like they're like, no man. Like I need my fucking running backs. This is fantasy. No zero football. running backs. No, like you can't do it. So the the do, running these first simulations on the. Uh, for 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 every test of the cheat sheet, right? For every new test, not for every new version, but for every test I run to create a new version, I run between fifty and one hundred simulations. I'm 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 at test number thirteen right now for version one of the PPR cheat sheet. That's how much tweaking I'm having to do to get this. So we're talking what between six hundred fifty and thirteen hundred simulations, and I still can't get it. You know, it's just it start like it's that much different that I'm having to dial it in that much to be able to get ahead of ADPs on these and to be able to build well-rounded rosters. And I can't even, I, and I can't understand why, because I'm building this for PPR and underdog is half point PPR. I think as we get closer to the season and, you know, we, we start to see what's what, I think it'll start to level off. I mean, I think it has to, right? Well, I guess, I mean, but, but see, I don't know if that means that there's more value to be had on underdog right now or more value to be had in early, in early true redraft managed leagues. <laughs> if it's going to level well, off, I mean, more level. people are going to be doing underdog leagues right now than redraft managed leagues. I mean, people are people who are doing redraft ma- 
managed league right now are maniacs. Yeah, doing it this early in the season. So I mean, I'm I put more eggs in the underdog basket. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm just dude. I'm just gonna I'm gonna bring in the data and the ADP data from the sites that people are going to be using. They're not going to be drafting their season long teams on underdog. They're going to be drafting them on Yahoo. They're drafting on ESPN, my fantasy league, uh, sleeper stuff like this. So those the those are the sources that we have to use for that particular tool, right? That's our most important tool. So I'm gonna I'm I'm having to get that dialed in now. I'm just saying it's it's just interesting to say see how much different it is than 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 underdog. It, it's I didn't think it would be this big an under, I don't remember it being this big an undertaking last year, just mm-hmm. to tran to to transition the sheet. Of course the the underdog sheet sheet will stay up through the summertime, and I'll I'll, I'll keep testing that one manually. I'm I'm just talking about running the simulations for the. The flagship tool, which are the, of course, the the uh, redraft season long managed league cheat sheets. All right, trash man. The biggest news of the day. Oh, there is big news. Uh, Aaron 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 Wilson, our friend down there from KPRC two in Houston, is saying that he's beginning to think that like there's a good there's actually a good likelihood for the for the um, DeAndre Hopkins Deshaun Watson um, reunion. So should we maybe be preemptively getting ahead of this by moving Amari Cooper down? I, moving him down in which format? Both. Redraft or, or, and, or all three. Redraft, best ball, and dynasty. Maybe a dynasty, maybe not, because it feels like the world moves a little bit slower there, right? But it feels, you know, in, in redraft and especially in underdog, those ADPs re-update once every two days. They take the two-day rolling average to where you can kind of see that. I don't know about moving Amari just yet, but I mean, I would probably have a precipitous drop for any other Cleveland receivers <laughs> that might be in the no other Cleveland receivers even, at all. No, no, no other Cleveland receivers even come into question. So, I think Amari is starting to need to get moved down, and I don't. Yeah, I don't like where we have him right now. So I'm I'm gonna whenever I test this, at least for the redraft sheet, and when I continue testing today, I'm gonna move him down. I think Amari Cooper belongs in the it. If we think there could be a DeAndre, if if there is a DeAndre Hopkins signing to Cleveland, clearly you want DeAndre Hopkins more than Amari Cooper, right? That's not a given. Oh God, is it given for me? We're talking about two very. We're talking about one player that's just on a different level from a talent perspective, and he's got a better built-in rapport with, with, with Deshaun Watson, especially if Deshaun Watson wants him there. Are you kidding me? Deshaun's going to say, like, dude, this was a missing piece. I need to get back to my elite form. I mean, Amari Cooper has been elite in stints. Oh, I mean, Hopkins would have to be ranked ahead of Amari Cooper. I mean, yeah, would but I don't, I don't see it being, like, leap years ahead. Do you, do you like either of those guys more than Calvin Ridley? Who's just been a? I mean, you you forget that he's been a monster. It's crazy because I mean, I feel like Cooper's the only guy we've even really seen play in the past se- season. You know, 
We saw Hopkins play last year. He just got got hurt. And, dude, he was good to start, man. Whenever he got hurt, that's when Kyler Murray, he started trying to throw that sideline, just toss, you know, back back shoulder sideline stuff to the left side of the field that he would throw to DeAndre Hopkins and trying to do it to Marquise Brown, and he just couldn't do it. It's just Marquise Brown is who he is, but he's just not a he's not a volume hog. He's not he's not a G, dude. Like DeAndre Hopkins is one of the best receivers that there is. I know, but like you said, like this isn't a for sure thing though, and for that reason, I can't put him above Calvin Ridley right now. Okay, well, we need to keep an eye on it because if 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 it does happen, DeAndre Hopkins for me moves above Calvin Ridley. He moves into just the T. Higgins territory for me. That's, you know, and Amari Cooper is going to be below those guys, more like the Drake London, Christian Watson, Terry McLaurin range. Okay. All right. Undrafted free agents. I want to don't even. Can I just start off by saying who the most important one is, period? I mean, it might be this. We might have the same guy. All right. Let's just both say it on three. One, two, Three, Daenerys Prince. Tucker. Okay, so all right, so you say Sean Tucker, I say Daenerys Prince. Daenerys so, Prince is on my list too, but okay. Sean Tucker was was first for me. All right, we'll talk about why for Sean Tucker. I mean, if not for his mysterious injury, and we should say we're at the point now where even the geekiest fantasy players who listen to us all the time and who are listening to fantasy football podcasts in early June, they might not even know who some of these players are. I so feel like Sean talk. Tucker was on a lot of people's so, but Whenever we say these players, let's say Sean Tucker, running back, Tampa Bay Buccaneers from Syracuse. From Syracuse. I mean, I feel like Sean Tucker is pretty well known in pre-drafts circles. Um, really, it was just his mysterious health issues that kept him from being drafted. Um, 2021 rush for almost 1,500 yards, a dozen touchdowns, followed it up with 1,000 yards, just over 1,000 yards, 11 touchdowns in 2022. Um, he's a good pass catching back, 56 balls for 509 yards and four scores in his two seasons as a starter. He's got a track background, elite speed. And I just think it's just a shallow – I mean, it's a shallow – running back room there in Tampa Bay. Yeah. It's, it's not just the, it's not just the injury situation. that's murky and cockamamie with Sean Tucker. It's the fact that he wasn't medically cleared for anything. And he had a kind of murky and cloudy pre-draft process with his testing. I mean, he says, he, he says that he run, ran the, what he says he ran the, um, the self-reported four, three, three at his, at his pro day, which was not, I mean, that was just his friends standing around and like filming him with their iPhones, right? I mean, he wasn't. I mean, he was a track athlete. I mean, he's got. No, I mean, speed. Yeah, no, no. I mean, that's absolutely true. He's a former track sp- sprinter, right? He's got certified home run speed. I can get it, man. And, and that, here's the thing about it, though. He's not little. What, what, what is he? he's five nine two oh seven? He looks. He he looks like Ray Rice. He he looks like Ray Rice. Like Byron talked about Felix Jones. He's he was Byron's number four running back in this class. Yeah. Byron loves which, it. which is just which is just crazy. We have Joey two times in the chat saying him and Ibrahim. He's actually on my list. <laughs> He's actually on my list. We'll talk about him in a minute. But I want to I, I want to talk about just the first guy on my. I mean, it's got to be Daenerys Prince, trash man. Yeah, I mean, he's up there too for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I feel like it's a similar situation in KC. It's a, it's a so Daenerys Prince, Kansas City, undrafted running back. 
out of where he's at, Tulsa? Tulsa. Tulsa. One of Byron's Byron's favorite running back from the Shrine Bowl, right? Um, as far as um, his his measurables and as far as his uh, profile from – I just wanted to pull up and just – where's my – He's 5'11", 216. Uh, ran a 4'4", Yeah, so I'm just trying to find it. Um, Daenerys Prince, golly, two, he, okay, so a 441 at 216, so just a speed score monster, just like Isaiah Pacheco was. A little bit of a straight line, line runner, didn't do much in the passing game. Um, Byron calls him a rich man's Devontae Booker. Um, only four percent, uh, only a four percent market share of team receptions last season. He only caught nine balls for Tulsa, but. Big guy, six foot, two sixteen, straight line runner, good between the tackles. If he, you know, it's a dude. It's a it's a it's it's a good. It's a the best situation to be in, and all there is. If you look at the depth chart, dude, it is, it's misery. I mean, there's really not much. Let's see, Chiefs depth chart. I mean, the only reason I didn't have him, or You're didn't talking. really consider him the top guy for me, is because. I mean, all this news out of Casey that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is putting the news is the, the, the news is that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire might get his job taken by, by Daenerys Prince. And I, all they I have is that, Isaiah Pacheco. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has been showing up in, in, in OTA. Oh, come on. Isaiah, come on. Isaiah Pacheco, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and Jarek McKinnon. I mean, that we like them because they're on the Chiefs. But uh, Daenerys Prince is a good is he's that's a he's a good. Player. I don't think he's going to negate Jarek McKinnon and his skill set. What did they pay him? Hold on, let me see what they let me see if they. Daenerys Prince got the most guaranteed money of any running back in undrafted free agency by far two hundred thirty six thousand dollars guaranteed by far. They're already paying him as much. They're already guaranteeing him as much as they would guarantee a guy who they drafted in the sixth or seventh round. I mean, no, he's good, but like I said, I don't see him negating Jarek McKinnon in that offense as a pass catcher. I'll bet you they're not guaranteeing Sean Tucker a thing because they're worried about that possible heart issue. Daenerys Prince is the answer, right? Let's see. Um, it could be the next guy that I'm talking about. Who? Who? Who is it? Keaton Mitchell. Baltimore? Out of Baltimore. Yep. Well, he's well, right. He's with Baltimore now. He's 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 out of East Carolina. Well, yeah, he's he's with Baltimore. Good pass catching back. He's a Justice Hill replacement. Is, a little is small. I, yep. Was he five five nine, one eighty, something like what is he? Keaton Mitchell. Yeah, five, five, eight, one eighty. Pretty I mean but nine and a quarter inch hands. That what you love about Keaton Mitchell? Golly, you love his you love his yards was, per carry. Yeah, seven point two second in the FPS in twenty twenty two, and just pretty. I mean, fifteen touchdowns last year, seventeen hundred four total yards at one hundred and seventy nine pounds. I mean, his total production score last year was the same as Tank Bigsby. It was only worse than. Well, two other guys who were on my list who we'll, who we'll talk about here in, here in, here in a second. As far as guys who were, um, as far as guys who were undrafted, I mean, he's got elite four three seven speed. Two. Yep. 
Okay. Um, so Keaton, what you think he can ultimately be, become like the number three? I know he's number three, maybe number two. Oh, no, he's not gonna take Gus Edwards' job, right? I mean, Gus Edwards, I feel like he's been he's been kicking around there for, for a long time now. Well, he's I, been kicking I, around I, there for a long time now because they like him. Or because everybody or because <laughs> their other running backs keep getting injured all the time. Keaton Keaton Mitchell could easily take Justice Hill's job to be the number three. Easily. That's all there is there. J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, Keaton Mitchell, Owen Wright, who's who, who's another college um, free agent. So yeah. I can see that. Uh, let me see. You're just I can I, I can run through a couple of mine. You can tell me whether or not they are on your list. Um, just a few more running backs. Um, J- uh, Joey in the chat mentioned Mohamed Ibrahim. I mean, I look I. I mean, we're talking about undrafted free agents here. There's not really much to, not really much to. You got to qual. I, I don't. I shouldn't have to qualify this much by saying, yeah, these these, these guys are long shot dudes. Not everybody's going to be in Arian Foster or Philip Lindsay or you know. Um, but Mohamed Ibrahim before the the Achilles, he was a guy that was one of my favorite players in all of college football. <laughs> you know, like Mohamed Ibrahim is a was a good player but the, the only problem is he's a super senior now who never tested he's only 203 pounds he's got short arms he's only five foot eight um but he could certainly be like a boston scott type of player i think uh, that was byron's comp for him and i i think it makes sense and it, that's another situation where if you look at the detroit lions backfield I, I just off the top of my head what is it is it is it still it's craig reynolds and then, um, oh, there's one other guy, man. I'm trying to think. Who's the other guy he's going to have to beat up? Oh, is it still Jamar Jefferson? Uh, it's still Jamar Jefferson? I to bring that up. but It's like Mohamed Ibrahim has so much tread on his tires. I get it. Like, Could he come in there and be a uh, every-down workhorse? No, I, I don't think so. But I do think he's the kind of player – who showed in the Big Ten that he can run between the tackles? He like he's got some moves, dude. Like he's not people bang on him because he's like 25, 26 years old. He's been hurt. He's come off the Achilles. Um, but I, he, I, at the very least, he's shown you that, he, that he, he can handle volume in the Big Ten, right? He's shown you yeah, he can handle I mean, massive volume. I mean, and, Jamar Gibbs in front of him, <laughs> in addition Junior to David Gibbs. Montgomery. Yeah, but I'm just saying, if one of those guys were to get hurt, it's like almost like. He, Ibrahim has the skill sets where he could. He doesn't fit into either of those. He doesn't no. fit into either of those particularly well. But he, he's just the kind of player who just enough to he, where he could kind of you know round peg into square hole him into either one of those. I feel like they'll go with the committee if either of those guys get hurt. Of the but Reynolds, Craig Reynolds Jefferson sucks, dude. Are you kidding me? It's like Ibrahim, Ibrahim can't be worse than Craig Reynolds. Who's I mean, that, that seems to be like what they tend to do whenever. <laughs> he's better than that asshole. What was his name? Godwin equal bouquet. Like he's better than some of these guys, man. Like in that offense, I could, I could see him having some kind of, you know, very menial fantasy value. Um, so other than that, oh, okay. And then one other running back. Cause you mentioned Sean Tucker. I'll just say the only other one that I'm going to mention is Xavier Valade from down in Houston. And I know there's Damian Pierce. And I, I know there's Devin Singletary. And besides those two, it's like gonna, it's gonna be hard to, um, it's gonna be hard to, 
hard to get on the field much for Valaday, but Valaday was another guy who they paid a bunch of cash to. I believe he's the second highest paid running back. Um, as far as all this is concerned, Byron really liked him as sort of a TJ Yeldon type, really good pass catcher out of Arizona State. Um, a, a standout at the Shrine Bowl. He said he was sort of a step below a, a Daenerys Prince, but um, certainly, you know, somebody who I would keep an eye on. And if I'm in one of these super deep dynasty drafts where we draft, you know, 30 rounds and we got to keep these guys forever and you're getting down to the free agent pools and you need running backs, I think you could probably do worse than a, Xavier Valaday. I have a couple of wide receivers trash, man, but before I get to those, is there anybody that you wanted to hit on? Um, I have a quarterback in here. A, is, he, is, is he a quarterback that's playing wide receiver at OTAs? Uh, is it, I mean, is Malik Cunningham doing that? Yes. The, and here's the thing about it. The, if you look at the... Um, if you look at the free agent guaranteed money and you look at the quarterbacks, they they gave Malik Cunningham 200000 guaranteed. Do you know what the nearest competition to that was? Yeah. There's one guy, Adrian Martinez from Kansas State. Detroit gave him sixty k uh, total guaranteed. The next after that is Tyson Bajan at twenty five k, And after that, you guys like Tanner Morgan, 25K. James Blackman, 13K. Yeah. So he's Nolan Henderson, 6K. It's like Malik Cunningham out of Louisville got 200K guaranteed. And the first day, the first day that they're in full team OTAs, they have him working out with the wide receivers. And so to me, it's just like, well, they're, they're giving him 200K. If they were giving him 200K just among the wide receivers, you look at the wide receivers who's, who's, who's making the most money. So, Jason, and this is just an interesting thing to look at because one of the guys who I'm interested in is here on this list. Um, not Jason Brownlee from Southern Miss, although he was super, super productive. Uh, good, good player. He got 246 guaranteed after him. Joseph Nada from Clemson, who's sort of like a big size speed or not as much speed. I think he ran a four five four, but, you know, big hands. Big go up and get it kind of possession receiver type um, goes to the Eagles for 230k. With Brownlee, he goes to the Jets, and so it's hard to it's hard to you know even though they're paying him the most money, it's kind of hard to picture you know that's gonna be a hard wide receiver room to break into with all the guys Aaron Rodgers brought in plus the Garrett Wilson still there. But you know it's like got Denzel Mims who they say is scrapping for a job. Nada to the Philadelphia Eagles. That one to me makes a little more sense because their wide receiver core is dust behind their big two guys. Yeah, just dust. So I, 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 I think I think Joseph Nada. Um, after that, Rakeem Jarrett, who's one of that group of three from Maryland. That I'm just not into any of these guys. But uh, Tampa Bay gave him 225k. He's actually one of the players who my son in his most recent pack of uh, cards he was cracking open the other day. He got a signed Rakeem Jarrett card. <laughs> Hey, hold on to that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then right here, the only other guy making um, making more guaranteed. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. Um, there's also Shaq Davis from South Carolina State. Was not at the combine, I don't believe. 
but another guy that was at the, the at the Shrine game that Byron manually added into our rankings to rank it as like his number eighteen wide receiver. I have not watched Shaq Davis. I don't know much about him. In reading up about him, apparently he is um, he is he is big. He's like a he's like a big a, a big wide receiver. Hey, type. His name is Shaq. He's got to be. He yep. should. Another big wide receiver type getting two hundred thirty six k. Bryce Ford Wheaton from West Virginia, undrafted free agent to the New York Giants. Was he on your list? No, no, but I mean, he's a guy that I probably should have been thinking about. Yeah, okay, so Bryce Ford Wheaton um, from from West Virginia. He goes to the Giants, he says, because his former teammate at West Virginia, David Sills, is there, which (laughs) seems odd to me, but – you do what you do. I actually had Bryce Ford Wheaton ranked as my number 18 wide receiver in this class. Trash man, you had him ranked a lot lower. So did Byron, which is fine. He ended up not being, not being drafted. So you guys were probably right about that. Um, but he, he is six foot four, 221 pounds. And he, and the guy ran a four, three, eight. So I'm, I mean, I mean, it's a size speed combo. It's just, he's a size speed combo. And it's just, it's, my one worry when I look at it with the New York Giants wide receiver core, we know that they basically, and we've talked about it, they basically lack a true alpha number one wide receiver, right? Um, but they have a lot of guys who are kind of, you know, they 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 have Jalen Hyde who they took in the third round out of Tennessee. He was a real speed guy. They have Paris. I think Wondell Campbell. Robinson can still be that guy. Slayton. Well, w- Wondell Robinson need, needs to get back healthy. Remember, because he's he's coming off the ACL. I th- AC- was it ACL that he's coming off of? Wandale. Let me make sure that's right. I, I might be getting him mixed up. Robinson ACL. I think he's still at, he's still not back at yeah torn torn ACL on November twenty first. So um, he confirmed he'd undergone surgery at the beginning of December. So we could not see Wandale for a, for a, a little while this season to start the year. Um, Sterling Shepard coming off injury. They have Colin Johnson who's coming off injury, although Colin Johnson is back. I believe Colin is back participating in practice from what I last saw. They have Jamison Crowder there. They have the aforementioned David Sills. Isaiah Hodgins. Oh, yeah, Hodgins. They have Jeff Smooth, right? Your 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 boy Jeff, 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 Jeff Smizzy. Jazzy Jeff. <laughs> but Bryce Ford Wheaton, it feels like could, you know, if, if he was a better player, you know, if he's a, you know, you could say like, dude, he could jump up into the number one wide, wide receiver chair among these guys. Yeah. I, I think his things stand there deep enough to where he's like, he's going to have to fight for a job. And he's going to fight to make the 53. Once he does, though, he's a dude who you can see moving up through this thing. He's big. He's fast. He's, you know, he's fair, fairly productive. I mean, yeah. I mean, but like I can see him mostly as a red zone target, but with Darren Waller there, it seems like that that's going to be his, that's going to be primarily his area of expertise. Yeah, I get it. But I, I, it's, I, I think, I think you could do a whole lot worse than, than yeah. a guy like BFW, man, for sure. Oh, and just one other one, just a, just one, one, other one that we haven't hit on, and I'll let you finish with your last one, Trash, if if you have any more. I have one. Is this dude um, – and I, I, I admit I've not done a lick of work on this guy. But, man, I'm hearing a lot of buzz about this Broncos UDFA, Jaleel McLaughlin. And 
like so much to where people are asking him, asking Sean Payton about him at press conferences and stuff like that. And Sean Payton saying, like the last time you guys went to the went to the playoffs, like that was an undrafted free agent, right? That at, at your running back position. I think he was talking about C.J. Anderson. Yeah. Um, but then he was talking about you know, um, here's the article from the Denver Post. So he says like, um, he's. So then during rookie minicamp, Peyton reiterated a point he'd made about player acquisition early in the offseason. How they got there at this point is of no important to us. Um, Peyton proceeded to recount drafting and running back Antonio Pittman in the fourth round in 2007 in New Orleans, then signing Pierre Thomas as an undrafted free agent. Clearly in the middle of training camp, Thomas was performing better, Peyton said. We, we cut the fourth round pick and kept Pierre. Two years later, he's in the FC Championship game, returning the kick. Overtime for the 42-yard line, then avoiding a fourth and one and becoming a real important part of our team. It's so funny how these coaches just remember everything. <laughs> he says there he there there he was in the national in the in the game, uh returning a kick to in overtime to the 42-yard line, then converting a fourth and one. It's like they just they remember each each little thing. But so he's basically going out there and saying, look, they didn't draft a running back in 2023, but they did sign Julian McLaughlin. They also brought an XFL um uh XFL guy, well, who was it? Was it? Oh yeah, Jacquez Patrick. So they they brought him in, but only for a tryout. Julio McLaughlin from Youngstown State. If you just watch his, like, he, I mean, he he's a dom, he's a dominant force for those guys. I know it's it's Mickey Mouse football there, but um, the guy did. I mean, he rushed for an NCAA record of eight thousand one hundred sixty six yards and seventy nine touchdowns. <laughs> I mean, it's just, you know, I've just in, – in, in, 28, in 28 games over three seasons at Youngstown State. So he was formerly at Division II Notre Dame College, right? So he had, he had the two years there, and he had two years at Youngstown State, a total of almost 8,200 yards and, and 79 touchdowns. Hmm. So well, he did it at two schools. Yeah, that's a, that's a guy. I mean, just like so. Let's just remember the name. Let's just you know, he's a guy we've been hearing about, Jaleel McLaughlin, super deep, super 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 deep undrafted free agent. You can keep an eye on. Um, I had one more guy, and it was Mitchell Tinsley, slot receiver in Washington. Um, he he was he was Bailey Zappi's guy. In Western Kentucky, 1,400 yards, 14 touchdowns with Zappi. He led Penn State in receptions in 2022 with 51. He is, he, I mean, it, it seems like he projects to be a solid slot receiver at the next level, someone who could maybe be an asset in deeper PPR formats potentially. Mitchell Tinsley, yeah, from – so. Six feet, one ninety nine, but big, big, big hands, ten inch hands. Not a giant producer in his final season at Penn State. He but still led the team with fifty one reception. Was that the team lead? Yeah. Only, but but that was only nineteen percent of the share. So they obviously just spread it all around, right? They just spread it all around. But the I mean. It's, it is what it is. He, you know, he was, he was the team leader. And also if you just, you know, what do we know? Then the most important thing is trash, man, the money that they're paying these guys. Yeah. 
right? The money that they're guaranteeing him up front. Now they're not giving him, they're not giving him the uh, the Bryce Ford Wheaton two hundred thirty six k, but mm-hmm. you think that they might like him a little bit if they're giving him that one hundred and thirty five k. It's not too shabby, guaranteed right off the bat. What would you do with, if 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 someone were to give you a check for one hundred thirty five thousand dollars, trash man? Uh, y'all wouldn't see me for maybe two years. Okay, so here I am with my five-year-old son and my eight-year-old daughter who are home for summer's, summertime, daddy daycare. You kids want to say hello to the, all the listeners of Roster Watch Nation? Hi. Hi. Okay, so you've been talking all week about how, since you've been home, how you want to be on the podcast, but I've said you're not allowed on YouTube because why aren't you allowed on YouTube? Because people can come, people can come get our phone number and and like kidnap us and hurt us. Mm-hmm. And there's just a lot of creepy. And there's just a lot of creepy, creepy people out there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what have you been up to this week? Um, daddy daycare, jujitsu, do chores. What are some of your chores? Um, do something artsy, play outside, leave it to beaver. <laughs> leave it to beaver? Yeah, leave it to beaver. Any other chores you can think of? Feed our cat, make sure he has water, let out the chickens, um, brush our teeth, clean our bed, and all that stuff. Yeah. Have you been enjoying summer so far? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Now let's hear about what everybody came here to listen to. Football. Football. Yep. Tell me about tell tell me your biggest takeaways. Are you excited for football to start? Yeah. To to play yourself or to watch on TV? To play myself. Okay. And I also can't wait to tell you my favorite football player that used to play. Who? Um it's not the breed that used to be on my team, but it's the Brady that that was the best. The last name is Brady? Yeah. That's Tom Brady. Tom Brady. He's the best. Tom Brady, the best. Mm-hmm. Do you have any favorite players? Cooper Cup and Christian McCaffrey, but Christian McCaffrey, does Christian McCaffrey play anymore? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. Okay, yeah. He, he finally made it through a healthy season again last year. Oh, so those are my two, three, two players. Right. I like Cooper Cup just a bit more than Christian McCaffrey. You know, Cooper Cup's the golden son of all the roster watch. Yeah. Whenever we saw him, we said, he's going to be good. They say, he's not going to be good. He's old. He's slow. He played at a small school. 
How could you ever think he'd be good? I said, well, you got to watch him. Yeah. yeah. Now, 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 now look at him. Yeah. He's super good. He led, he led his team. He was the MVP of a Super Bowl. Was it two years ago? Yeah. Got two a, years ago. You got quite a great memory, and you sure do love Cooper Cup. Anything else you guys want to say before you let the listeners go? Um, happy summer. Happy summer. And and let us know how much you like the podcast. I bet you love it. I bet you guys love it too. I bet you guys love it.